And I remember when we started talking about this, like that was what came to mind. I'm like, oh my God, Joey was right. Like, how is that? How is that true? Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So how are we doing today? We're doing good today. Yeah? Got a little bit of a late start, which is a first. Oh, that never happens. Never, ever, mm. ever. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe once, maybe once, once or twice. But um, all is right in the world. I was able to get my coffee, so I, I got a little extra sprinkle of fuel on my day, which nice. is never a bad idea for me in my world. Nice. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good today because um, kombucha is one of my favorite things to drink. And Serena just showed up with a new one for me to try, which is super yummy. So good. So good. Um, so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. And I think we're, we're fueled by coffee and kombucha this morning, right? Cheers to that. Cheers to that. So what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about one of our favorite topics, self first. Now... A lot of times when we get into this topic, we ask the question, is it better to be selfish or selfless? Hmm. I have a feeling you may have more to say on this. I do, because we have an entire podcast ahead of us Good about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that may surprise you, though. Actually, both selfish and selfless are both problematic. Which is really interesting, because obviously we're kind of taught and kind of conditioned in our society to think that it's better to be selfless than selfish, we don't realize that there's kind of problems underneath the hood with both of them, right? Right. I mean, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that kind of sums it up. So, so let's explain why. So let's look at what these two things are really all about. So when we look at being selfish, selfish is the prioritization of the self at best with a disregard about the impact that the ways that we're kind of taking care of ourselves are gonna have on other people. But at worst, being willing to negatively impact other people to get our needs met. Um, and obviously we're not kind of consciously aware of this. Most people are selfish. They're not thinking, oh, I'm doing this to meet my needs um, because most of them don't know what the universal needs are. But um, what they're doing is they're taking care of what they need and want um, at the detriment often of other people. Now, flipping to the other version of this, the or the other side of the coin, if you like, is being selfless. So selfless is about prioritizing others at best with a disregard for the impact it has on ourselves and at worst being willing to sacrifice ourselves or what it is that we need in order to benefit others. Now, the thing about this that's interesting is that both of these behaviors, as strange as this may seem, are actually rooted in unmet needs. Now, 
that might sound a little bit strange because obviously if we're prioritizing other people, how is that about meeting our needs? We'll get to that in just a second. So let's look at kind of selfish. Selfish is really obvious about how this is about meeting our unmet needs because we're taking care of our needs to the detriment of other people or without a regard for the other people. But selfless is where it gets a little bit interesting because we seem on the surface like we're doing the things that we're doing purely to meet other people's needs or to, to give them what it is that they want. However, the thing is, if our needs aren't well met, everything, because everything in our lives is rooted in needs, everything is based on our needs being met or unmet, if our needs aren't being well met, they will become the driving force behind every single choice and behavior we make, even if we're not aware of it, even if we're not conscious of it, even if we don't see it happening, that our unmet needs are going to drive every choice. And so what ends up happening with selfless behavior is often on the surface, we appear to be doing things for other people. But actually, what's happening is there's normally a hidden unmet need underneath the surface. And the thing that we're doing is actually a hidden unconscious strategy. So it's not something we consciously do, but it's a hidden unconscious strategy for getting those unmet needs met. So this is the thing where um, actually neither are actually very helpful. And while on the surface, it seems better to be nice to other people rather than to be kind of mean to them or disregard what they need actual in actual fact both are problematic because obviously when we're being selfish we are uh, is it a detriment to our relationships because obviously and we're social creatures we need our connections we need our community and if we're disregarding the needs and the um the things that the people around us want and need that's going to be a problem the thing is that if we focus on being selfless all the time actually what ends up happening is that we Give, 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 in order to try to get our needs met underneath the surface. But we're in that kind of giving space. And what ends up happening is that our tank, if we've got no nothing being put into our tank, i.e. our needs aren't being well met, eventually our tank drains and it completely empties. And when you get to empty, you have to go to selfish to get your needs met because you literally have nothing left to give anymore. So what often ends up happening is that people who are selfless most of the time end up burning out and then having to flip to a selfish way of doing things, which is quite a shock to the people around around them because the people around them are used to well you're usually usually so generous you're usually so giving like why are you not doing that now well because you have to because you literally have nothing left in the tank to give and as soon as there's a little bit left in the tank again normally they, they end up flipping over to being selfless again and they give it all away again and they bottom out and they flip back to selfish so you end up kind of ping-ponging between these two things either with self selfish you end up pinging to try to be selfless momentarily because you realize that you need it for your relationships to work. Or if you're selfless, you ping to selfish because otherwise your tank gets empty and there's nothing left to give. So I think it might be helpful for us to share a couple of examples from our own life when it comes to being selfish or selfless or patterns that that looking back now, like we've, I mean, we all have these. It's a little uncomfortable though, looking back and going, oh God, yeah, I used to do that before I knew how to meet my own needs. Have you got any around sort of the selfish end of the spectrum? Absolutely. One area looking back that I found that I had a pattern in was in regards to going to my friends and my closest friends that I knew had a lot on their plate and may not have that capacity to help support me, mm -hmm. but to get my own needs met, I'd go to them knowing this and still allow them to help me meet that need. Mm -hmm. 
partially because I knew they wouldn't tell me no and they wouldn't set that boundary saying, no, I don't have the capacity to support you with this. Right. And I think like in the context of, like obviously we're mentioning this in the context of needs, but that could have looked like, um, you've got a lot going on with a relationship or with a family situation and going and uh, asking them for help and support at the time when you knew they really didn't have anything to give, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, like, I mean, I remember an example from my own, um, from my own life and going back to an ex-boyfriend of mine from many, 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 many years ago. Um, and if I was having a hard time, if I was frustrated, if I was angry... I would end up taking it out on him. I would shout and like, I would almost engineer an argument. Um, and then I would use that argument as the outlet outlet for expressing how I was feeling about the anger. Often when it had nothing to do with him, he wasn't even involved with the situation that I was angry about. Um, and that what I was doing is obviously I was meeting my need to vent how I was feeling, to express how I was feeling, but I was doing it in a way that it was going to negatively impact him. And then as a result of that, because it negatively impacted him, it actually eroded our relationship. That impacted the relationship. And because obviously I'm part of the relationship, that impacted me. So here's this thing where I'm doing this thing to take care of one of my needs. Obviously, I didn't know that at the time. It wasn't like I was consciously going, I need to meet my needs. I'm going to shout at my boyfriend. Um, it was more, <laughs> it was more, I was like, I am angry right now. I need to get this out. And this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm doing it. But that would then impact him which then impacted the relationship, which impacted me, which impacted my needs. So this is kind of how we can start to see the circle where, okay, yeah, technically we're doing this to meet our needs, but actually it's not really working for us in in the long run. Um, So let's now look at some self-less examples. Um, So do you want to share one from your life? Uh, Yes. One that comes to mind immediately is work. Mm -hmm. I am, I was... Yeah. A- nice correction. <laughs> I see what you did there. This is definitely something you used to do and not something you do anymore. Yes. Yeah. So you're picking up what I'm putting down there. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to work, I found that I was a very selfless worker. I would give to the company. I would give to my boss. I would give to the projects, to all of the things. All the other employees. All like, the employees. Mm-hmm. And I'm in an HR capacity currently. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've even found. It's interesting because I have two sides to the role I play now where the before I learned about my needs and the after. But I'd give everything I had because I wanted to. And it was from a selfless place of wanting to help people and wanting to get the job done. And then I realized once I learned my needs, I was doing it at such a detriment to myself and what I actually needed. And had I met my needs in those situations, I would have gone into those instances with more resources, more resources, mm-hmm. feeling more resourced and able to actually accomplish what I wanted to do. Right. But instead, I chose at that time, not knowing, to do it at the detriment of myself. Well, and the interesting thing is, on the surface, it was at the detriment of yourself. But actually, when we dug underneath this, when we were going through the needs work together, the Universal Needs Program, 
I remember you identifying, oh, I'm doing that so I can feel more secure. Or I'm doing that so that people like me. Or I'm mm-hmm. doing that. So it was actually something that on the surface, you were this generous giving person, giving all this stuff to everybody else. But in actual fact, the, the reason you were doing that was to try to meet needs to feel important, worthy, valuable. Like, mm-hmm. There were so many needs that were being met by the things that you were doing. And what you didn't realize at the time until we went through it was like, oh, that was a totally unconscious strategy to try to get those other needs met. Hold on a second. Maybe there's a better way of doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is that resonates completely. Mm-hmm. It was. It was I wanted to be recognized. I mm-hmm. wanted people to see the good I was doing and see the work and value it. And right. then comes the raise and the, you know, mm-hmm. all the things that we work for. Right. But yeah. I wasn't doing it in a way that was healthy or good for me. Or actually anyone else in that situation when it, when we ended up getting down to it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, from my own experience, um, I have, I mean, there's so many instances of, of this that I have in my life. Uh, I mean, I could have picked any one of a million stories. Um, We're both recovering selflesses. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and one of the ones for me was actually around friendship and where I wouldn't address issues with friends of mine even close friends of mine especially sometimes close friends of mine because I was and I was viewing it that I was being a good friend that I was quote unquote letting it go I wasn't letting it go at all it was sitting inside me unresolved yeah that whole yeah if you're not on the video you can see like Serena's doing the whole compounding thing and that that I did I pushed I would push that down and there was another one that would come and I wouldn't address that so that would get pushed around they would just layer up inside of me um and what I was doing was I was doing this to as I said to seem to feel like I was a good friend like I was trying to be understanding of their perspective and you can still be understanding of someone's perspective while still addressing that something doesn't work for you and finding a way of doing that works for both of us but I didn't know that at the time I didn't know how to do that at the time and what I was doing was I was doing this because I wanted this person to continue to like me. I wanted this person to continue to want to spend time around me because I was getting a lot of my needs met through this person. And actually thinking about it now as I'm sharing about it, it was also a pattern I used to run in a lot of relationships. Like I would be who I thought the other person wanted me to be. I I was being selfless. I was meeting all of their needs. I was thinking about them completely to the detriment of myself and actually sometimes losing myself completely in the process because I was getting my needs met through that relationship. So I was sacrificing myself in order to get that relationship to stay, to try to get the needs met that the relationship was meeting. But the thing was, because it was impacting me, it was negatively impacting the relationship, which was negatively impacting the other person, which was then negatively impacting me, etc., etc. You see the pattern here. There's a there's a common pattern that happens in these situations. Now, I wonder. I'm imagining at this point, like we've we've been we've been going for a, for a little while now. People are like, why is this podcast called the Wisdom of Joey Trebbiani? I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense until How it, you do it <laughs> until it does. So um, obviously, this is a throwback to the um, to the TV show Friends. Now. Look, it's interesting actually going back and watching it now. I'm like, whoa, there's some really problematic stuff in that TV show. A lot that's in there that's not that's not great. However, this one thing, they kind of almost sort of got it a little bit right. In that there is an episode where Joey is telling Phoebe 
that there is, and I quote, no such thing as a selfless good deed. So what he's saying is that there's no such thing as a selfless good deed because you feel good by doing the good deed. So it's something you're, you're always doing it for yourself, not just for the other person. And I remember when we started talking about this, like that was what came to mind. I'm like, oh my God, Joey was right. Like, how is that? How is that true? He was kind of right. So what I will say is that if your needs are not well met, Yes, in that circumstance, there is no such thing as a selfless good deed because your unmet needs will be the driving force behind every choice and every behavior you make, even the ones that on the surface appear like they're for other people, that you're doing it for other people. And the thing is, so so in that situation, if your needs are unmet, yes, no such thing as a selfless good deed because it, you're ultimately going to be doing it as a, as, a, as a subconscious strategy to get your other needs met. However, if your needs are well met, you don't need anything from doing the good deed. And that is the point at which things shift. So I think this might be a good time to start talking about that, that magic S word we started talking about at the beginning, right? Shit. <laughs> the other magic S word. Serena. <laughs> The third magic S word. Oh, self first. Self first. Absolutely. So this is the point, this is the point where we help people to understand that it's not a binary. You don't have to choose between, between being selfish or selfless, neither of which really work in the long run often not in the short run either. Um, there is an option to instead be self first. And what self first, self first comes in when we start taking care of our own needs, but in a very, very particular way. So being self first is about prioritizing your needs first and foremost, because it's our responsibility as adults who have the ability to meet our own needs, that we have the physical and mental capacity to be able to do so. If we're in that space, it's our responsibility to meet our own needs. So we need to prioritize our needs. But here's the thing, at the very minimum, in ways that do not negatively impact anybody else. I'm going to say that again. Prioritizing your needs at the very minimum in ways that do not negatively impact anybody else. And sometimes choosing ways that will actually benefit others. And when we do that, we've, we talked a little bit in... Um, the first episode, Move Over Maslow, about interconnectedness. And this is a topic where it's a big topic. And we're not going to go into it in massive detail today because we haven't got time. We have got an upcoming episode on interconnectedness and equity where we'll go into this in more detail. But I think you can start to see from some of the examples that we've given how because of the interconnectedness between us, especially when you're in kind of close relationships, it's more obvious, it's more apparent that if you're doing things in ways that negatively impact others, that's actually going to negatively impact your needs as well. And vice versa, if you do things in ways that actually positively benefit others, that you're, um, that the that that will positively benefit your needs. But here's the thing. You have to make sure that you're doing the sequence right. You have to make sure that first and foremost, you for, first and foremost, sorry, you are choosing the ways of meeting needs that do genuinely meet your needs and meet your needs as well as possible. 
Then you check in and go, okay, does this negatively impact somebody else? Yes, it does. Okay, let's look for another way. Because there are so many ways of meeting our needs. There's always another way of doing it. And there's always another way that's going to work well. Yeah, it may, may not work quite as well. But if it's it works like 98% rather than 99%, but we don't get then the, the blowback of, a, of the negative impact to our needs because we're negatively impact somebody else, then that when you look at it overall, it's actually the more beneficial way of doing it. So we need to do it in sequence. First, we take care of our needs. We check and make sure we're doing it in the ways that work for us. Then we check in. Is this negatively going to negatively impact somebody else? Yes, it is. We don't do it that way. We find another option. No, it's not. Actually, it's going to benefit somebody else. Cha-ching. Absolutely. Great. We found a way that's actually going to work for not just us, but also for the people around us. And therefore, or rather, it's not going to negatively impact the people around us. And therefore, it's not going to neg negatively impact our needs as well. So I think let's, let's, let's give a few examples of what it is to be self first when it comes to um, some kind of day-to-day -day experiences. So let's look at, um, I'll share a couple from, from my own point of view. So uh, let's look at the first example I gave actually of when I was angry, like taking it out on my partner all those years ago, um, which I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't done that at some point in their life. Um, don't talk to my husband. About that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention it. Shh. Um, so, um, I've totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. So, no, no. so now, so now when it comes to, um, still being in that space, if I'm angry or irritated or frustrated by something and I need to get that out of my system, uh, my favorite thing, you'll hear me talk about this, I'm sure in innumerable times on the podcast is that I have a song that I listen to. It's uh, by Fallout Boy, Boy. It's called Thanks for the Memories. And it's a, it's my angry song. And I put that on, I turn it up, I shout, scream, sing-ish it at the top of my voice. I stamp my feet, I move my body and I use the energy of that song to kind of really express how I'm feeling that's my way and as long as I'm doing that away from every from other people so it doesn't impact somebody else seeing me punch a pillow or whatever it is I'm doing <laughs> at that point in time or punch a beanbag I was saying someone else I used to punch it we I used to have a, a big memory foam beanbag like six foot memory foam beanbag that was great like if I was if I was angry that was that was a great way to kind of take out my uh, my uh, frustration shall we say um and obviously if you're around something like you're around a small child and they saw you do that that might negatively impact them they might feel less secure around you less safe around you so doing that by myself somewhere else where it's not going to take it's not going to have any effect on anybody else means that I still get to express it but I'm doing it in a way that meets my needs as the priority and then it doesn't also negatively impact somebody else that's the first example second example is something that um that that a lot of us deal with and a lot of us deal with it in very different ways. So when there's a customer service issue, it's about how do we navigate that issue? So the, um, there's a an example, I mean, and it's interesting because my family always get me to deal with these things. Like when whenever there's an issue, there's a problem, they'll always get me to go and speak to the person mainly because they know that I'm probably more likely to get a good result by doing so. And the reason I get a good result by doing so is now these days, I know how to meet my needs and I know how to be self first. Um, I do it in a way where I'm going to articulate what I need. I'm going to explain the situation and I'm going to ask for some kind of um, re resolution to what's happened, but I'm going to do it in a way which feels good for both people. So there's a, there's an example that and it comes to my mind. We were at Universal Studios many, many, many years ago, and um, we it was um, there was a new um, ride there that uh, there were queues queues for days to get into it. I mean, not quite days, but it felt like it at one point. And um, when we got on, it was one of those where your feet hang underneath the seat. 
And my mum asked the guy who was helping us to get onto the ride, um, quite often over there, if your feet hang on a ride, what they do is they tell you if you've got flip-flops that don't hold your feet, to take them off and sit on them so you don't have to worry about them flying off mid-ride. So she asked, like, should I take off my flip-flops and sit on them? He said, no, 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 you'll be fine. Well, as it turned out, you wouldn't be fine because you get flung about here, here, there, and everywhere. And having queued for all this time to see this ride, she was... Um, she didn't get to pay any attention to the ride itself. She spent the entire time gripping onto these flip-flops for de- dear life, like trying not to lose them. And so when we got out and she told me this, I'm like, that's not that's not really okay, especially because you asked. So we went and saw um, uh, guest services and um, there, were, there were times in my life where I probably would have vented because I would have been angry because of how my mum had been, um, the, my mum's experience. And I would have uh, vented. I mean, I, I will totally own that there are times in my life where I've gone full Karen before I started doing my work. Um, yeah, so we, we, we both had our Karen moments uh, in the past. And, and it's something I'm deeply sorry for. And it's something I, that I regret. Um, and I'm so glad that I've done the work I've done. That means that that is no longer a part of my experience. But um, I remember going and speaking to them and saying, look, here's the situation. And I remember, and I was, I remember saying to the person, look, I know this isn't your fault personally. Here's the situation. This is what our experience was. This is where we're at. Is there anything you can do to help us out with this? Um, and obviously I'm, I'm saying things like, like, I know your guests, you want your guests to have a great experience. Um, and this really took the shine off our day after a really long queue. And she did ask the guy and she didn't get a supportive answer that actually told her what she needed to know. Um, is there anything you could do to help us out so that maybe she could experience it again with without having to do such a massive long queue. So what I'm looking for is I'm I'm looking to articulate what it is that I need, express directly what's got, what what the situation is, ask for a resolution, but I'm also looking to find something that is a win-win for both people. So they feel good. So they walk away and it meets their needs to do what to create to give the resolution that that we're after rather than oh it's a win for me and it's a lose for them that doesn't feel good like I want something that's gonna meet my needs and it's also going to meet their needs to do it too so I spoke to this person they were brilliant they came out and they're like follow me so they basically walked us around the entire park because the guest services was right by the entrance the um the ride was at the back of the park walked us there walked us into this area walked us um uh, to the ride walked us through to the very front of the queue and actually had us go on the ride next and it was such a simple thing and i was like i was obviously very appreciative and i said thank you so much i really appreciate you doing this for us i know it seems like a small thing but i know this is going to make a huge difference to our experience here today and that person walked away feeling good and we walked away feeling good and although it was a quote-unquote problem and it was um something that needed to be solved in actual fact doing it in a way that that kind of honored everybody and respected everybody and that felt good for everybody and it met everyone's needs everyone walked away from that situation feeling good so that's a, another example of, of things that can sometimes go very wrong but actually there's a way of doing it that 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 goes much better and it feels good and it takes care of everybody's needs so have you got any experiences where you can identify like that you've become self first a way that that you can see the benefit that it's had to you absolutely one of the areas that really resonates with me when i look back from where i was to where i am is family dynamics mm-hmm. uh, when my grandmother was in her last few months of life i knew i needed to go and see her she lived uh, ten thousand miles away in massachusetts mm-hmm. and I was hesitant at first because our family dynamic and the dynamic between my grandmother has 
always been a little bit different than a lot of mm-hmm. grandchild grandparent dynamics. Right. So they're and and it's been I mean it's that while it's it's been I mean you loved her dearly I know I know that it was quite challenging at times as well right oh absolutely and I mean I could do I could do a ninety episode series on just the family dynamic right (laughs) (laughs) it needs unmet needs all of the things (laughs) but my last interaction with her I wanted I wanted it to be fulfilling I I knew this was the last time I was going to see her the last Mm. time I was going to spend time with her and how could I approach that situation from a self-first standpoint so it was fulfilling for both of us and so it didn't it wasn't to either of our detriment Mm. and the simple things I was able to do to change what normally would have been a selfish, selfless ping pong mm-hmm. throughout the interaction, I was able to come in at a self-first perspective where I knew being in the household with her for days on end, eventually being with anybody for that period of time, there's going to be little things and there's stuff in the situation. Right. We're saying to everybody who's been in lockdown, so everybody can yes. relate to this. Everyone knows what it's like to be locked down with somebody or to be in a house with somebody for a long period of time. Especially where you don't have a flow, a, right. a, a usual flow. Yeah. So the first, the first thing that I did that made, I believe, the first big impact of difference is I stayed with a friend because mm. I always had to balance my family time and my friendship time when I travel back home. And I'm like, this is perfect. So when I go to the house, I'm going just to see her, just mm. to spend time, just to savor those moments. Right. And I thought, when would work for me? Right. Okay. This time will work for me. Will it work for her? Oh, if I go at this time, it's going to be in the middle of lunch and that's mm-hmm. going to create this dynamic. I can wait an hour. She'll be ready. I'll be ready. And when I went into the situation with that mentality, with that perspective of what's going to work for both of us, Mm -hmm. the interaction was so easy. Mm. It was so enjoyable. And I left and I was able to feel full. And I look back on that memory in that last moment, which I was very apprehensive about. Mm. Claire knows because I was going through the deep dive at that point. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, that felt good. Mm. And I, and obviously, I know that since since that time, she has she has passed, and mm-hmm. I know how grateful you've shared that you are that you were able to go and do it in that way that you got to have those moments with her in that way that felt good for you that you knew it felt good for her and that that that's kind of a lasting memory you get to carry forward because of learning how to be self first, right? It's. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine thinking back if I had followed my same patterns, like that feeling that I'd carry for the rest of my life. And Mm. being self-first allowed me to, I mean, I can smile when I talk about it instead of, Mm. yeah. Yeah. That didn't didn't feel good. No, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I mean, as your friend, um, obviously first and foremost, but even just from the from the Universal Needs Work perspective, like, I'm so glad that it gave you that gift that you were able to create that moment because so many people have those final moments of people that don't kind of follow that that way of, of and that, that's not the experience they have. And obviously some people don't have any say over that. We don't have a choice over that. But I love that you were able to create that for both of you 
in that moment that you knew was going to be your last. So um, that's beautiful. Um, I do also have a, a, an experience um, from my own family dynamic, but I've got a feeling like timing wise, I think that uh, let's save that for another day. Don't worry, that will definitely come up on another podcast, I'm sure, without question, um, because it applies to so many needs and so many of the things that we that we talk about. Um, but I'm really excited about what's going to come next, because I know that the next kind of series of podcasts that we're going to do uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of a deeper dive into the seven keys to getting all your needs consistently met that we talked about in the last episode, Move Over Maslow. So we're going to be able to kind of flesh them out a little bit and help you to understand them a little bit better and how they apply to you and to meeting your needs. Um, so I think that's it for today. Is there anything else you want to share before we finish up? Just self first is where it's at. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I couldn't have said it better myself. So I'm going to not say anything more other than saying thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, for watching. Um, Please stay safe. Uh, Sending lots of love. And uh, we will speak to you again really soon. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review. As it will help more people find us. And remember, being self-first meets your needs in ways you aren't even aware of. Well, shit. It really is that simple. (laughs) 